You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. New week. How are you, Bruce? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Yourself? You know, I'm a little sore. I got scammed over the weekend. <laughs> well, it's, it's been a long time in the uh, in, in the works. It's been like 20 days in the works. Uah, I had ordered a pair of shoes online. And, you know, it happens. You know, you can't see it in person. And, you know, you, you order stuff. I mean, how many times you order something on like eBay or something like that? It comes in. It's a wrong product. Well, it was the wrong product. I'm like, what is all this stuff? First of all, I ordered I ordered a pair of shoes. It was simple. I was looking for just an extra pair of walking shoes. So it's not even like it was something that was really needed. It's just like, hey, those look nice. I'll take a pair of those. You know, it, they were waterproof and nice to walk, you know, do some on trail, off trail stuff through the town. OK, whatever. And it just it was good. It seemed like a good all around all purpose shoe. They weren't that expensive. It was um, I think in all it costs uh I think I paid 50 bucks in all, which I mean, for a pair of shoes, it's not bad, right? It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Especially for, for a pair of waterproof shoes. So uh, they took PayPal. I'm like, all right, fine. You know, no big deal. So I PayPal'd it and they said, OK, well, thank you for your order. Here's your confirmation email and we'll send you a uh, we'll send you a, a con- or we'll send you an email again with shipping information. OK, fine. Well, like a week and a half passed or like two weeks passed. I'm like, I still haven't got any shipping information. I'm wondering if that thing shipped yet. So I sent an email and I said, hey. You know, I contacted their support or whatever. I said, hey, uh, I ordered this. Here's my order number. And now, mind you, this is a good scam. And I said, here's the uh, here's the order number. Um, when is my order going to ship? And they said, oh, well, it's already shipped. It's shipped via U.S. Postal Service, uh, but they don't have any tracking numbers. So, uh, you know, just expect it in like 10 to 20 days. OK, fine, whatever. All right. So I'll, I'll just wait. Now, mind you, this is a U.S. website that I ordered from. So I finally I get this uh, I get this package that shows up on my doorstep. I don't know what it is, but it's got like a, a relabel over top of it. Typically, when you ship international, they'll if it's a partner carrier, they'll throw their own label over top of the existing label, so you know exactly where that is. The courier, you need to know exactly where it needs to go. Well, the label you could that they threw over it, that the courier threw over at the uh, the post office, you could still see through it, and it had a bunch of Chinese writing. And uh, it said AliExpress on it. Well, I didn't order from AliExpress, and which AliExpress is like their uh, Alibaba, you know, Jack Ma thing over there where they've got all kinds of just junk, right? So I open it up and there's like there's a pair of shoes in there. There's no box. There's no receipt or proof of purchase, not, nothing in there. So obviously you can't return it. So I'm looking at it. And I'm like, OK, uh, I didn't order these. Now, they're the right size. They're the right color. But that's not what I ordered. Now, if I would, if that's okay, if that's indeed where it came from, but it was exactly what I ordered, I wouldn't care. But that's not what I ordered. I, I wouldn't care. I really wouldn't care. So I send an email. I said, "Hey, I think there's a problem here. You didn't send a receipt, and I need a receipt in order to return it. You didn't send me the right item. Here's what I ordered. Here's what you sent me." And I sent photos, and they're like. Oh, we're de- I immediately got a response. Oh, we're deeply sorry about that. Uh, please, uh, so-and-so. They called me by a name that wasn't even my own. 
Uh, here's a link to our website. Please don't ask for a refund. Uh, okay, now I'm definitely going to ask for I, I didn't ask for a refund, but now I'm definitely going to ask for a refund. So since it was PayPal, I went to them and uh, yeah, they'll sort it out. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what it was. It was a legitimate purchase that I made. I have record of it. It was a legitimate purchase I made from a U.S. company that didn't go to a U.S. company. It ended up being a fake site with fake reviews and fake products. And it went to AliExpress in China. That's that is sophisticated. That is a sophisticated scam. I'll give him that. That that is a sophisticated scam. And it was a brand name thing that I ordered. So obviously when I get it, I'm like, uh, okay, I didn't order that. That's this, like it came in. There's like no brands on it or anything. I'm like, uh-huh. All right, whatever. I mean, I, I hear people that I, I've talked to people that have, you know, got scammed by like buying stuff from like eBay or something. They say, okay, well, hey, I'm selling a, a Louis Vuitton bag here for $35. <laughs> you're not you're not buying a Louis Vuitton bag for $35. You're not buying a Rolex watch for 150 bucks. Okay, it's just not happening. But no, this wasn't anything like that. This was just a simple pair of shoes. I thought those look unique. They look like something that's just, you know, cheap, something I could throw on and, and you know, just walk around for an afternoon. And I mean, I really didn't care. But yeah, it's I'll end up getting the uh, the product for free and I'll just probably end up giving away or trash. And I mean, they're, they're not they're not any good. At least they sent me a product. I mean, if I want to try and at least justify it to myself, at least they sent me a product. Albeit it's not 50 bucks worth of a product. It's like, I don't know, 15, 15 yeah, or 20. I was say it's it's probably a tenth of what you paid for. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it is. And it oh, man, it just screams cheap. I mean, it's like dollar store cheap. It just screams cheap. But anyway, that's uh, well, I guess. What did I learn? Right. Oh, well, speaking of China, let's talk about China. They tested a, uh, a nuclear hypersonic missile or something over the weekend. All of a sudden, it just popped up out of nowhere out of the Financial Times, the enhanced Financial Times. I don't think any other network reported on it other than the Financial Times, which makes me skeptical. I'm looking at it. That comes out. OK, what happened the day before that in China? Anybody know? They sent their second crew to their international space station. OK, uh, first of all, where's the international space station that they have? I haven't seen it. I've seen something that is a CGI. Bruce and I looked at that very closely. I've seen something that's CGI. I haven't seen the actual space station, this monumental space station that they've got up there somewhere. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the video of anything more than what looks like a movie set and a rocket blasting off that looks like it has very little thrust. You see when the Chinese rocket takes off that supposedly has a manned crew on it, you see it take off, but you never see it enter orbit. You never see that. Now, I'm telling this for a reason. For a supposed up-and-coming rising superpower, you would think, and especially as enhanced as the uh, mainstream media is here in the West, you would expect that an up-and-coming rising superstar in the world that is the brainchild of the elite of the West that have financed them, you would think that they would give them as much favorable coverage as possible. You would think that. For example, the docking of not just the second crew, but the first one. Didn't even see it. The docking procedures, like we get with ours, or like we used to get with ours before uh, COVID took over, you think that you would see the second crew being greeted by the first crew. When we had our first crewed space, uh, space crew go up on uh, the crew drag, you know, the two guys, Bob and Doug, when they went up there to the ISS, we watched the entire thing. It was like a four-hour process after they docked for them to actually get everything set by their procedures and open the door. 
you haven't seen anything about this. So that makes me wonder, one outlet, the Financial Times, that is heavily subsidized by the Chinese Communist Party, one outlet comes out and reports that China launched a hypersonic missile that circumnavigated the globe and and zeroed in on its target uh, less than two dozen miles from it. I don't believe that for a second. And the, the U.S. intelligence community is is stunned and they don't know how this happened. Well, I can actually believe that part of it. Because they're too busy worried about putting on high heels and and looking at white rage and worried about uh, what pronouns people are going to use. That's all they seem to be concerned about. And instigating uh, insurrections, as we found out. Yeah, yeah. Insurrections. Yeah, that too. Mm -hmm. So I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I think it's a distraction. I I think it's more communist propaganda based on based on the the uh, supposed launch the day before. It's fake. It's political theater. That's all it is. It's theater. I don't think China's actually, I, I'm not saying that they're not going to be capable of it in the future, but I don't think China's actually capable of putting human beings into orbit right now and keeping them there. I don't believe they're capable of that. But I think that this is more propaganda. This is a distraction to take away from the fact that they have over 60% of their population that is going to be facing a hunger crisis. China has record flooding. They just had their coldest day today. They just had their coldest day in over a half century when you've already got two thirds of the country that are on emergency power at the moment. And they're putting hypersonic nuclear uh, targeted missile systems in orbit. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hypersonic, when, when you get into the science of hypersonic, hypersonic seems a little bit sci-fi in the sense because uh, we see asteroids uh, or, or meteors and whatnot hit our atmosphere at 25,000 miles an hour, and they explode uh, because of the, the extreme heat uh, that is generated, friction and uh, from air resistance and everything. Now, these are reaching low Earth orbit. The, what they're saying here is this missile went to low Earth orbit and travels at 21,000 miles an hour before hitting its target. The amount of heat you would generate at 21,000 miles an hour, for those that aren't aware, 21,000 miles an hour is Mach 27. Wow. Yeah. The SR-71, they have to use a special material and paint. Uh, They use titanium and a special paint on there because the air resistance from its speed will peel it off and generate so much heat that it will actually cook the pilot. The the pilot even has to wear a pressurized suit and everything because the altitude it can reach and speeds. You're going to tell me that they have a rocket that will travel the globe at Mach 27 and reach its target without exploding before it hits? Uh, that that's, that's a tough one to believe. No. Uh, maybe you could reach those speeds at low Earth orbit, sure. But then to go through the atmosphere to hit its target, you're going to have to have an immense amount of heat shielding and uh, protective systems in place to keep the chipsets from going over 200 degrees. Because if the chips reach 200 degrees, that's it. That, that's done. Silicone breaks down. The chips are no good anymore. And then your nuclear bomb is now just a giant paperweight smashing into something. Uh, it, 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 it makes no sense. So I'm, I'm a little skeptical on on that if if the missiles are traveling at 21,000 miles an hour and then it drops the payload or something at that a speed or something maybe and then you know it hits the earth at a much slower speed i don't know it 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 it's a bit i'm a, i'm a bit uh, skeptical in 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 doing all of this and i i need to see some of the science and and whatnot uh-huh. behind it to uh-huh. see what they're doing 
Yeah, it doesn't I, seem I don't, capable. No, they, they, I don't think. Like I said, I don't think that they're even. Uh, I don't think they even have one crew in orbit, let alone two. I don't even think there's a space station up there. I think, like I said, it's just propaganda. Yeah. You've got yeah. you've got record flooding in China. Now, when I say record flooding, I'm talking biblical flooding. Forty percent is what their harvest brought in this year. Forty percent. That's that's the word on the street right now. We're hearing behind the scenes that they expect a full collapse of China by second quarter of 2022. And if this is any indication, communist regimes throughout history, they never admit fault. They fight it up until the end, don't they? Their propaganda arms do. They're showing that they're advancing and they've got record this, record that, blah, blah, blah. They've got nothing. China's ever grand. Okay. First of all, I, I want you to talk for a second. Uh, I'm going to run some footage here uh, on the screen behind me because I, I want you to explain this as this is going on. This is fascinating. What this is, this is their ghost cities. Okay. So explain to the listener that doesn't know, this project that they've put themselves in the hole with, what is a ghost city? So in essence, a ghost city is China set out and hired a bunch of companies to go and build a city uh, before there's people. Uh, they, they build all the infrastructure, they build the roads, the buildings, everything. They, they get everything built and then basically scan the populace and saying, you know, this this would be like a, a, a new paradise kind of a thing. They've scammed populace into uh, um, investing into this stuff. And then they they tell the rest of the world that, oh, China's booming. See, we're, we're doing all kinds of construction all over the place. So we're just, you know, it's growing exponentially and blah, blah, blah. So they can they can show the people of China and the people of the world that, see, look, we're really bustling and booming. And they're really like, this is how, this is just like look how big some of this stuff is. It's just like and you'll you'll see here in a second. Uh, they'll get inside of some of these buildings. They're just they're unfinished. Like they just it, it's yeah. a shell. That's all it is. And it, they're all like rotting away on the inside. And it's just it, it's a complete uh, it's a complete sham. N none of this is actually real. Just like the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> exactly. It's a complete sham. This that's why I say all this yeah. this hubbub and this hubbaloo about them with a, some uh, hypersonic nuclear. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. It's it's complete propaganda. Don't even pay any attention to it. They're, they've built these uh, massive high rise complexes and everything, and there's no one in them. Clearly, you can see there's no one that lives there. Clearly, with all of this, these massive shopping malls, all those houses and all that housing, those that complex housing and everything behind there, completely vacant. And you see <laughs> poorly maintained landscaping and everything else around there. Storefronts that are just empty. So it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. This is a ghost city, exactly as you're describing. Yeah, this is the what is it? Evergrande. This is one of the big investors yeah. in this, and yeah. they're they're collapsing because of this. There's a lot of people that lost their investments and everything. That there's there's they were running schemes to get people to invest and buy a location there, and then eventually be allowed to move in, and it never happened. You know that that they're not moving in because the the place is in disrepair, as you said. Look at this, uh, and like look at some this. of these buildings are are pretty big, and like billions of dollars went into these things. It's like these giant, giant shopping complexes and office complexes is just vacant and and all rotting away. You see, like the you see the you see the grass is like growing up through the concrete in the middle of these buildings. It's just it's insane. It's insane. I so mean, looking at it on the exterior. Looking yeah. at it on the exterior, it looks like, I mean, sure, there's disrepair and everything, but like uh, you you can see the potential. You could see how this would have been sure. like if this were a sure. city and everything, you just, you know, some touching up, cleaning it up, do a little bit of renovating, some paint, you're good, you know, and it's it, it looks like a new building. But this place, I mean, nobody's moved into it. They, they, they haven't yeah. even, yeah. 
It's like they didn't even finish half of it. I mean, everything was all exposed yeah. and everything on the inside. And that's just whatever. Uh, like you can see all Air the construction wires. there. Look at all that. Look at all that. You see all the cranes on all those buildings that are all unfinished. So to give you an idea, and, and this is why I say all of this is going on right now with the the space travel and the uh, the nuclear missiles that are hyper. Uh, give me a break. OK, so what this is, this is a massive propaganda operation to cover what's coming with China. If China doesn't have double in their harvest what they have now, the Chinese people are going to turn on the Chinese Communist Party. If you've got 60% of your population that can't be fed, China's entering one of the coldest winters on record in the last half century. On top of that, you're looking at biblical levels of flooding in China that has caused their harvest to fail. You've got financial collapse looming because of what I'm about to explain. And you have an energy crisis where you've got two thirds of their country, two thirds of China. Think about that. 1.6, or excuse me, 1.3 billion people that we know of, 1.3 billion people, two thirds of them will not have electricity. That's a pretty big deal. On top of that, you're going to be, you're going to be looking at mass famine. That's not good. And then you got a financial crisis on top of that. This is the kind of numbers we're looking at just with the Evergrande. Listen to this. Evergrande has 300 billion US dollars in liabilities. And they missed an $83.5 million interest payment last month. Now, to give you an idea, Lehman Brothers, that's the kind of numbers we're looking at here. If anybody remembers Lehman Brothers in 08, this is their Lehman Brothers. That's what this is. You know how Lehman was running the scam on the real estate? Everybody remember that? People were having nine, 10 houses, whatever. Yeah, they were just giving out houses like it was candy. It's what the Evergrande was doing. Same thing. They scammed a whole bunch of people. Property developers, ambitious urbanizing projects now suspended, which Bruce just explained with the ghost cities, were spotted wrapped in scaffolding surrounded by halted cranes and metal beams and overgrown vegetation. Investors have given the Evergrande have given Evergrande a 30-day period within which debts must be paid before missed payments become classified as default. On Wednesday of last week, on Wednesday of last week, Evergrande announced plans to sell $1.5 billion uh, in bank stake to a state-owned company in hopes of lightening its debt. But I don't think so. I don't think so. If you look at their economy, right, if you look at China's economy overall, because this is going to have big implications to that. If you look at their economy overall, this is what they're up against. Their economy grew by 4.9% in Ju from July to September, if you believe that. If you believe that, I don't believe that it did because July to September, that's when they were dealing with, uh, what was it, comrade? No injuries, no deaths, right? No, no injuries, no deaths. <laughs> they were dealing with more problems uh, with flooding. So how in the world are you having economic growth when you're in the middle of the worst floods that your country's seen in many, many generations? Now, they say that that's been their lowest quarter for this entire year, which is currently at 9.8% growth. Again, I don't believe that. They were supposedly growing by 11.5% this year. Now, the Chinese Communist Party, since their proclamation back in the 90s under the Clintons, which is when our jobs started to get exported in mass to China, our manufacturing, they promised a double digit job growth on their economy every year. Well, in the last few years, they haven't been able to hit those targets because, well, I think we're fresh out of jobs to send them. And uh, of course, everything now, oh, well, of course, that's all the fault of the, uh, the unvaccinated, right? Yeah, that's what they're going to do. Uh, there was one other thing I had on the Evergrande. Let me find it. Just to recap on that, the Evergrande. Okay, keep an eye on that. That's going to be huge when that one goes. And I think Beijing's already said they're not going to step in. They're not going to step in and, and, and save it because they can't. They can't. There's no way. China. Do you remember a couple of years ago, Bruce, when China printed... Was it like 70 trillion dollars? They literally printed like 70 trillion dollars. Yeah. 
you can't step in and save it because you don't have any money. You you don't have any money to save it. This this Ponzi scheme has come to an end. This is as far as they can go. This is why they're desperate to roll out their uh, their digital credit system and put in their own digital currencies because they can't kick the paper game down the road anymore. They're done with it. You can only paper over this stuff for so long before the side of your house falls in, right? It's like having a crack in the foundation of your house and you walk downstairs and you're like, boy, that's an awful looking thing. Uh, I'm just going to put some wallpaper over that so I don't have to look at it. Okay, well, that'll take care of your problem. You won't have to look at it until it cracks a little more and it tears the wallpaper apart. And you're like... Well, I really don't like looking at that. I'm going to wallpaper over that again. And you just keep doing that until eventually what happens, because you're not fixing the underlying problem, the side of your house falls in. So the side of the house has fallen in. Of course, in this case, I think the whole house is going to come down. Uh, I think that's why they're scrambling here in the West to try and sabotage our economies so it all comes down together in a controlled collapse that they can manage on the way down. Because COVID, they can't go any further with that, right? That, that's a dead horse. They can't push it anymore. I think they're going to switch up now to uh, to strictly economic warfare, and they're going to cause shortages, and that's going to help them hit their targets even more. But the Evergrande is set to formally enter default in five days, five days from now. This is uh, This was a topic we were talking about before, and because it doesn't it doesn't have to do with any of this necessarily it does kind of but i wanted to get this out before uh i forgot it tinfoil hat what if uh these covid nonsense the 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 lockdowns the mandates and everything what if they're just going to use that gaslighting of uh all the businesses and everything are going to shut down you're you're, you're not going to be able to fly because you know the tsa they're just they're unvaccinated we can't get them in to to check people um pilots they're they're unwilling to get vaccinated and everything so it fits the agenda that they're after keeping you from traveling keeping you within the five meter or, or five kilometer radius of your home but they can all say it's because of the unvaccinated it's not because of these crazy edicts, the crazy new world order that they're wanting to do. They can gaslight you and say, well, it's clearly because of the unvaccinated. You have to stay home because of them. Wouldn't that be kind of... It would fit the agenda, them? but yeah, it would fit the agenda, of course. Of course. And you can see that that's the play that they're trying to make. I don't think that there's anything tinfoil hat about that. I mean, that seems to be the way that they're, um, the, the way they're moving. But honestly, I think I, I really do believe... At this point, like they're literally talking in circles now. They're, they're just reaffirming all of this, everything you're talking about, like all the gaslighting. They're reaffirming this in their own circles to each other now on each network. They are to the end of their of their points. They can't go I, like I'm waiting for them to rapidly shift on something. And I think the economy is going to be it because of the shortages. You've got both ports in America shut down. You've got the East Coast, the West Coast that are shut down. What's his name? Uh, Pothole Pete is out on paternity leave. What the hell's paternity leave? He's on paternity leave. It's supposed to be maternity leave. Two months he's been on paternity leave. Yeah, two two months. That That's, yeah, well, we got to have paid child care. Yeah, that's, that's what we got to have. He says that this is going to last for years. You, you know what I say uh, about uh, about these ports that are closed in America? You know what I say about that? It, this is really simple. I have a very easy solution for this. I think it's time we should open up a new port, one that the government doesn't control. How about that? Anybody thought about that? I'm serious. If you've got dock workers that are not able to work, you got truck drivers that are unable to get in there because of some BS vaccine mandates. Okay, fine. Because you've got some public health moron down there who knows nothing enforcing this stuff. Fine. We'll just go over here. We're going to open up another port. We're not going to require this of our workers. We're not going to require this as a condition to be open. We can offload those ships. No problem. I think it's time to go to another port. Don't you? 
stop using those ports. Now, it's going to take us a minute to get those built, but I mean, sorry, I, I just don't see any other option here at this point. In Italy, the same thing. The ports are shut down because the government down there is solid. By the way, Mario Draghi, right, the, uh, the former central bank head, who's now magically unelected the, uh, the prime minister of Italy, he's not budging, right? That's their guy. That's, that's the banker boy's guy in place down there. Do you know who he had a meeting with last week that was not talked about in the news? House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. What was she doing there? After she took an audience with the Pope in the Vatican, she decided to go to Rome and meet with Mario Draghi. Why is the Speaker of the House of Representatives meeting with another head of state and the president is not? Why? And what did they talk about? And why isn't it being reported? You, you mean she's not the president? I, I, yeah. I was confused there. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, I, I really had no idea where I was going to go with that. Uh, I had... Let me see. Do I have... Yeah, here we go. Here we go. The, the supply chain. So now the supply chain is going to have trouble. You're going to have shortages. It's coming. Shortages are coming. They're going to wreck Christmas without you wrecking Christmas. That's what they're going to do. See, they can't play the uh, uh, everybody. Uh, we've got cases and wave to your neighbors and uh, you could kill grandma. Don't go to her house because you could be an asymptomatic spreader, which actually exists now from vaccinated people. If you look at the research. But now Mayor Pete, right, Pothole Pete who is the transportation secretary, said the supply chain troubles will continue into next year. I think it's time for a new transportation secretary, don't you? If he's not getting the job, hell, this guy's not even at the office. He's not even at the office. He's been out on uh, on leave here for two months. And he says, oh, yeah, that'll be back next year. Son, we don't have next year. We don't, we don't have time to next year. We've got to get those ports open. We've got to get them open now. He was on CNN's State of the Union with uh, with Jake Tapper. Yeah, Jake Tapper. There. He said, yeah, Jake, yeah. Uh, he said... That supply chain backups at American ports, oh, that's going to continue to next year. Next year, huh? Okay. Uh, Jake Tapper said, we're seeing supply chain disruptions causing everything from higher prices to longer waits for products. Moody's warns that these supply chain disruptions, quote, will get worse before they get better, unquote. Do Americans need to prepare ourselves for this to get worse before it gets better? And then Mayor Pete responded with the following. Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> you hear this? Certainly. Yeah, Bruce, you're shaking your head. Are you not pleased with the way your government's working for you? Uh, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not pleased at all. Um, I, I, I was made aware of how our supply chain works this week. Uh -huh. and 12 minutes. Uh, literally 12, 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Literally 12 minutes. You're manufacturing a product, um, and when a component is needed for the supply chain... It arrives at the factory 12 minutes before it's to be installed. Is that not unbelievable? There, there, that, that is absolutely like, how have we not had a breakdown uh, before this? Like they, they were talking about like styrofoam or something uh, or, or um, a the specific foam. Yeah, type yeah, yeah. of foam. Yeah, I, I heard about it. The, 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 yeah. the foam that's made by like uh, the made by Shell Chemical, uh, the, the foam to like put out fires and stuff, that, that kind of foam. No, this is this is foam for like uh Was seats like, and and just oh, like your foam. your normal oh, okay. yeah like yeah, I got uh, you. Okay. yeah um the 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 chemical process to make it uh they had to shut the factory down while all the foam set inside the 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 pipes in in the factory so they're saying that it it's pro they're probably going to have to dismantle the entire factory and just build it anew because all the lines are clogged with foam now and what do you what do you do so you're going to have a shortage of foam uh, as well. So this this affects everything uh, as far as manufacturing is concerned. We don't we don't have warehouses anymore. 
I mean, we, you see this with um, your favorite podcaster that sells merch, right? When you buy the merch, there's not a warehouse somewhere that they're shipping from. You're ordering it straight from the manufacturer and the manufacturer then sends it to you. Well, that and uh, there's some actually there's some podcasters I listen to that sell various products and they have the they have a deal with the manufacturer. The manufacturer, because there are supply chain problems, the manufacturer has had to resort to uh, foregoing the shipping to a warehouse because they can't do warehouses anymore. They're now some of the the actual podcasters are having to do this. The supplier will send it directly to, or excuse me, the manufacturer will send it directly to the podcasting host or team or group or whatever, and then they will have they will take possession of the product, and then they'll have to do all the logistics and shipping it out. Which is what you used to have to do. That's what we did back in the day when you you had product and stuff. You would buy a a. A, a large supply of it or a supply of it, and then you would you would ship it out yourself, right? That's typically what was done before. Um, if you want to make the most profit, that's what you do. But uh, because of these manufacturing, uh, how how precise it's become uh, over the years, it's just crazy. How how have we not had some kind of a breakdown? Because it, I I heard it explained that basically what happened was um, the Chinese New Year started, right? Manufacturing always slows down the Chinese New Year, um, so shipping slows down. Well, COVID happened, and then the shipping industry was like, "Well, okay, we need to. Um, we have to wait on manufacturing to kick in again before we start going over and shipping stuff because it's not profitable for them to go with ships that are half full or empty containers or any of those things. It's not profitable. Um, you know, it's a lot of money. You, you get to move those ships. It is a lot of money." And you've seen the ship that got lodged uh, there in um, where the Strait of Hormuz, that yeah, over that given, direction. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, uh, Suez Evergreen. Canal. Suez. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Suez Canal. Uh, the Evergreen. Um, it got lodged. You remember seeing the photos of the earth mover that was trying to help dig him out? Yeah. Yeah. The little, the, the, the little bitty toy Tonka truck that was uh-huh. next to the massive ship. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those things are enormous. Okay. Now the the explanation was they were waiting for manufacturing to kick up. Well, they had to wait four to six weeks. So then they became behind. Then uh, they they had shortages because those same ships that were taking supplies from China to other countries were taking supplies to places like Africa, uh, you know, the PPE. Well, the problem with that is Africa doesn't ship enough out of the country to get those containers back in circulation. So uh, the, the ships didn't want to go and get the empty containers because there's no money to get the empty containers and it's a net loss. So there's there's a shortage there. And then uh, when they started get, getting things back up and going again, they ended up being, I think it was like June, they, they finally got things back up and running full speed and they were behind. They were so backed up. They were backed up till October of that year. Just just from the, that little bit they were doing there. And now it's just it's just compounded over and over because this the, the um, COVID money that we got. Right. Everybody got that little little boost of it. Well, the majority of people were still working. So what'd you do? You went out, uh, you know, let's get a, let's get a new dresser or a new couch or a new TV or a new whatever the product is. And you spent that that disposable income on it. You bought a new product that requires shipping from another country. Well, now you've put even more of a demand on the the shipping industry 
So it, it just has compounded. All of this has compounded. Basically, all that to say, because of COVID and people not getting vaccinated, we can't get you your products. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. You know, I don't think people realize just how fragile, as you were saying, that how fragile the supply chain actually is. I don't think people really grasp that. And on top of that, I don't think, again, kind of compounding on that, I, I don't think that people really grasp when something like this is is coming down the road. I mean, this is why you can see like world wars are about to start. You can see those things coming because you can see the buildup. When we started seeing all this uh, clogging up of the supply line, you can see that shortages are coming. You can see that. And if you watch the media, oh no, it's unvaccinated people. You've actually got the Treasury Secretary, right? Treasury Secretary. Uh, well, excuse me. Tre U.S. Treasury Deputy Secretary. I'm sorry. U.S. Treasury Deputy Secretary says that unvaxxed Americans are the reason that shortages will continue until everyone is vaccinated. A Deputy Secretary to the U.S. Treasury is saying that? What the hell does that stupid son of a bitch know about vaccinations and health? He knows nothing. He's a banker boy. That's why he's there. Yeah. So either they're trying to get their limelight or... Um they're being a banker boy. They're uh, part of the problem. He was on ABC News uh, doing an interview last Thursday night. And he says, he says, the reality is that the only way we're going to get back to a place where we work through this transition, uh-huh, transition, is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. You hear this? Transition. What are we transitioning to? Oh, build back better. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Did, did you hmm. see what the UK is doing to... Uh, offset their energy crisis that's coming. Did you see what they're going to do now? No, what are they doing? The heart and soul of their new green energy initiative is going to be centered around nuclear power. What happened to wind and solar? Yeah, interesting. What happened to wind and solar? Yeah, are you are you morons figuring out that it doesn't work? Yeah, you raked all the money off of that scam and the people are on to you. So yeah, you're sh you're shifting back to nuclear power. <laughs> it's laughable. As as it should have been. If they would have done that Years ago, we, we if they would have looked at advancing nuclear power back when we first started discovering nuclear power and we're still yeah. in the Cold War and started yeah. going that direction, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now with all these coal powered power plants and the uh, natural gas plants. We wouldn't have all those because we would have nuclear energy. You wouldn't need it. And then we would be looking at doing things like hydrogen powered cars or even just electric cars in general. I mean, you would have a surplus of power. You could generate it steadily. Uh, so I, they don't yeah, want that. Though. It, they, they don't want that. They want they want less people, more playtime for them, more play things for them, less of you. You useless eater, you useless consumer. No, you don't get that. You're telling me that parts of the UK didn't even have electricity in the 1970s. And now all of a sudden, uh, and I mean, we had we shared the nuclear technology with everybody who wanted it. That's what we did. Personally, I think that was a monumental mistake that we should have done that. You don't give a monkey a gun and then the monkey shoots somebody. You don't do that. That's technically what it is. You can make that comparison. We gave that technology. Okay. We, I'm, I'm serious. Political, though. It, it is. It's all political. We gave that technology away. We made it freely available to everybody. We gave it to the Russians. You kidding me? The Soviets. Are you serious? We gave it to the so after the war was over. That was the system that we should have bulldozed. And now you see where we are because we didn't do it.
So I, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm a, I'm a believe I'm a firm believer in the fact that if your nation achieves something, then you achieve something. If it is something that can be detrimental in the hands of somebody that doesn't know what they're doing or has malintent, it can be catastrophic, such as giving nuclear technology to the North Koreans. Hello, Bill and Hillary. Or giving nuclear technology to the Iranians who have vowed genocide when they finally get a nuclear weapon, which I believe they probably already have. But I digress. Bruce, are you worried about uh, what, what? Which one are we all know? Are you worried about a fifth wave? Are you concerned about that? Are, are you are you worried about the direction the United States is going? Are you concerned about that? I am. Yeah, but I'm not concerned about the fifth wave. I'm concerned about them doing the fifth wave and uh, destroying more small businesses and more competition, passing more regulation. I'm concerned about the government getting more powerful. Dr. Anthony Fauci on Chris Wallace last night. Whether uh, people going inside, holiday travel, what is the real possibility that we could have a fifth wave of the virus, especially, especially if there's not a spike in vaccinations? Tell us, doctor. Well, that's the issue, I think, what you just mentioned just now, Chris. It's going to be within our capability to prevent that from happening. You're right. The numbers are going down. The cases are down about 23 percent. The hospitalizations and deaths are down 17 or 18 percent. So we're going in the right direction. The problem is, uh -huh. as we all know, we still have approximately 66 million people who are eligible to be vaccinated who are not vaccinated. How do you the know degree that? to which we continue to come down in that slope will depend on how well we do about getting more people vaccinated. Uh -huh. If we don't do very well in that regard, there's always the danger that there'll be enough circulating virus that you can have a stalling of the diminishing of the number of cases. And when that happens, as we've seen in the past with other waves that we've been through, there's the danger of resurgence. But we can do something about that. That's the oh, whole yeah. point that get we keep emphasizing. Right? We the more people it? we get vaccinated, the right. less likelihood is there going to be another surge as we go into the so, winter. So briefly, what uh, is yeah, your no, I, advice? I, I don't want to no, I don't want to hear any more briefly. I've had enough of that. You see what I mean? He's saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. He's been saying the same thing over and over. Like they're all just repeating it back and forth to each other now. Uh, for example, let, let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about this ivermectin thing. I heard a compilation of like all the CNN hosts Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitzer, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, uh, a couple others, uh, Brian Stelzer, all the rest of them. They're all saying, and everybody knows Joe Rogan, right? For those that don't know, Joe Rogan's podcast is like the number one podcast in the world. He has an exclusive deal with Spotify called the Joe Rogan Experience. He had COVID. He was prescribed ivermectin, the human ivermectin, by his doctor, his private physician, and he was over it. I mean, he, he knocked it out uh, in a few days. And CNN is constantly going around with all of these hosts saying, uh, well, Joe Rogan, he took this horse dewormer and he's, he took horse dewormer and he took uh, something for animals. Uh, he took horse paste. Uh, he took a veterinary product and, and, and all the rest of it. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's medical analyst that they've got on all the time, who's supposed to be a medical analyst. He's supposed to be a medical doctor. Is he an actual medical doctor? I don't know. I don't know. If he is, he doesn't seem to be a very good one, because if you're a doctor, I mean, most doctors that I know, they're also scientists. They always want, they always have inquiring minds. They always want to know more. But this guy, 
Sanjay Gupta goes on Joe Rogan's podcast and Joe's sitting there saying, doesn't it bother you that your network is lying about the fact that I took horse dewormer? Doesn't that bother you? And he's like, well, I didn't know anything about it. But doesn't that bother you that the network lied about it? Am I going to have to sue your network? Yes, he is going to have to sue the network. And I would thoroughly enjoy watching that go down. But Sanjay Gupta, he might be a medical doctor, but... I think it's a kind of a scenario like Fauci. It's he was a doctor. He's got his doctorate, but then hasn't been practicing for years. It, okay. it Maybe so something like that. All right. So he's a media yeah. media of uh, hype politician. Thing. He's, he's probably like yeah. um, I, I don't I don't know. Is he like the Dr. Hillary Jones in uh, in the UK where he's like one of those TV doctors like Dr. Oz or something? I don't know. I be. Yeah. Maybe they're, me- they're maybe actual medical doctors, but they don't see patients like like you're saying. Yeah. So. I mean, it, it could be as simple as that. But the worst part about it was Gupta goes on Joe Rogan's podcast and then he goes on Don Lemon after he was on the podcast and he was talking about how Joe Rogan took horse dewormer. <laughs> you know what's the right fun story in all it. this? Uh, the fun story in all of this that's kind of lost is that, do you know why he went on Joe Rogan's podcast? I don't know. Why, why did he go on it? I, I'm curious now. To sell a book. Is that all? He, to sell a book. a book? He can't sell... He, are his ratings so garbage on CNN yeah. that they can't sell books? Well, they're obviously, exactly, obviously their audience that, doesn't read. That's that's why. That is exactly the point. Is their audience... They're doing so poorly that to sell his book, he needed to go on Joe Rogan's podcast because Joe Rogan gets millions of views, whereas... The news networks per episode, by the way, altogether. Yeah, per episode altogether. The news combined don't get the same viewership that Rogan's podcast gets. So, of course, they're, they're, they have to go there. In other words, what, what this story is showing is that the news networks are done. They're screwed. There's so many like you can have just a couple of average Joes out here doing a podcast like us. Anybody can do it. You can go on and do it. Like there's there's free platforms out there. You just make the content and 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 put it out there. Anybody can do it on any topic. Well, within TOS, but it, it's showing you now that you're empowered to do this. You're empowered to have your voice heard. And the, the media, it, it's they're they're losing traction and losing uh, losing it. So this this whole well, podcasting <laughs> po- podcasting is has really changed the landscape of things. I mean. I remember when podcasts first came on the scene, like maybe 10, 10, 11 years ago, and it was good, especially for I discovered them because and I I mean, if you would have told me five years ago, we were going to sit here and do this. I said, you're insane. You're, you're insane. I'm not going to do something like that. But I remember discovering podcasts like 10, 11 years ago, right when uh, the iPhone thing started to take off. I mean, like the iPhone four and, you know, it just it, it torpedoed mm-hmm. after that. They started getting like these massive phones and everything, and it's just it got stupid after that. But Android was still relatively in its infancy, and Google hadn't quite catapulted its way up. Hell, Twitter was barely a thing. But uh, the iPhone four was out. The iPhone, and of course, they started doing the the spinoffs of that, like four S and five and five S and five AS and five five S four G, whatever, all that crap, right? But the podcasting thing was good for someone like me. I liked listening to. American political talk shows. And the only way you could do it, you could start to see the transition. The only way you could do it was to listen to uh, a live stream at the time. Podcasting wasn't really a big thing. So you could get the live stream of American radio shows, but I would have to stay up until like one or two o'clock in the morning because of where I'm at geographically. I'd have to stay up to like one or two, one or two o'clock in the morning to listen to 
radio shows, conservative radio shows in America. And I mean, that's just not something you can do. Yeah, what, to listen to that? So you just couldn't do it. You had some groups like uh, the Blaze, you know, the Glenn Beck outfit, and you had uh, guys like Alex Jones. You had guys like Joe Rogan and things that had their own platforms that they were building that you could listen to. Like you could download their apps and listen to their stuff individually. Like Rush Limbaugh, you could do that with his too. May he rest in peace. But that was the only way you could really listen to this stuff. But the mediums changed. And these things just started exploding. Now you can get a podcast for anything. And more than that, where it becomes popular is the fact that it's on demand. You can listen to it how you want, on whatever device you want, whenever you want. You can listen to it for, I mean, hell, I don't know how our listeners listen to us. We don't see that data. So I don't know. But if it's anything like the way I listen to podcasts, I'll download two or three of them for whatever radio show or whatever it is that I listen to. And I'll just play them, you know, in the car uh, while I'm out driving on my headset uh, when I'm working out, whatever. You know, it's just I'll list it. I I don't watch TV. I haven't watched those garbage networks in years. You don't need to anymore. It's really changed the landscape. And and if you look back at how these things used to be when we were kids, I mean, our parents used to do what? They used to read the newspaper. Our grandparents used to read the newspapers. Our parents used to watch the news on TV. Right. So there was a transition there. You had the radio and 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. You had the radio. Well, where I was, it was 11 o'clock, but because it came on after Leno. But you had the radio when our grandparents were kids and you had newspapers. That's what they relied on. And most of the time you could get some pretty decent factual information on like radio and stuff like that. When TV first came along, then, you know, somebody sitting there reading the news from your local affiliate because that's how it was. You didn't have cable. You had whatever was going on in the town. Well, If you were in small town America and you had Joe Blow over here reading the news to you and it wasn't true, the town's going to find out about it pretty soon and they're going to call for that guy to be thrown out because word of mouth's going to travel because we still had largely a a community and a family oriented base. But that's not there anymore. Now we have social media explode. The TV news has become just completely irrelevant. They've tried to branch out on these other platforms and have these other platforms like Facebook and Google and stuff be their... Uh, their online propaganda arms, but it just doesn't work. Everything that they've tried to do, the mainstream media, everything they've tried to do to adapt to this hasn't worked. And now they're at the end. They they can't even... They, they, as a matter of fact, I was reading that more dead people are actually watching CNN now. <laughs> and I know that that's, like, that's, that's a thing. People that are watching it are usually of the, you know, over 65 age. And if they pass on in their home, you know, peacefully. They're usually watching CNN or Fox News or something. And then, well, it'll stay on and they get the ratings off of that. But anyway, but it's it's really changed. The, the world has changed. I remember when we started doing this, you know, the first few episodes we had, uh, we had uh, Adam on our guy down in, uh, uh, in Gibraltar. I remember him saying, and I wasn't really aware of it at the time. He says, look, we're already in a new era. We can do all of this stuff from our homes. We can build our own studios. We can we can create our own uh, our own broadcasting platforms, and we can compete in that marketplace of ideas. And we can we can get I, I guess the ideas across that we want to get across without having to rely on these so called fact checkers that are just feeding you lines of bull every day. We don't need that anymore. This is part of the reason I think we're largely dealing with COVID. Not only did you have a populist movement, I mean, people voted for Donald Trump out of spite. They didn't vote for him because uh, he was Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, I mean, I remember somebody coming to me in like 2013 and saying, what do you think about Donald Trump? And I'm like, the hotel guy, the casino guy, what about him? What do you think about him being the president? I'm like, 
that's never going to happen. Yeah, that's never going to happen. I was that guy. And then as things got worse and worse under Obama, I thought, you know what? This guy could stand a good chance. He started talking about the things he was talking about. And I thought, okay, people are being told to vote for candidate A, candidate B. We're being told to vote for Jeb Bush. I'm not voting for Jeb Bush, especially if the if the mainstream media is telling me to do it. I'm not voting for him. I'm not voting for, uh, for uh, Rick Santorum or Mitt Romney because the mainstream media tells me to do it. Guess what I'm going to do? As an American, being rebellious in nature, I'm going to vote for the other guy that you tell me not to vote for. Uh, if the Republicans tell me to vote for somebody, guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to vote for that person. If the mainstream media tells me not to listen to podcasts, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to podcasts. If the medical establishment and people like Dr. Fauci tell me to take a vaccine, guess what I'm going to do? I'm not going to take a vaccine. Okay? So it works in all cases. If the banking establishment says, don't get involved in cryptocurrencies, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to get involved in cryptocurrencies. Okay? We don't need them anymore. They have wrecked the financial system. They have wrecked the supply chain. They have wrecked the medical system. They have wrecked our education system. They have wrecked our media, our media, not theirs, ours. They have wrecked our technology sector. They have given us a single road supply line from China using slave labor. They're finished. We have counters to all of these things. We can homeschool our kids. We can create our own smartphones. We can create our own medium to discuss ideas. We can create our own economic system based around our own private currency that they don't control. We can create our own medical establishments in our own communities around people we know and people we trust. We don't need them anymore. But when we got COVID, guess what? Oh, now you need us. Now you need us. You see, all these institutions that I just named, they were all on self-destruct anyway, before the pandemic. This is their Hail Mary pass. I'm just for uh, getting rid of government anyway. Like, more and more of this goes on in the beginning of all of this, right? When we first do, started doing the podcast and everything, I, I was more of a small government and, you know, yeah, just, I want government out of everything, but I don't want government abolished, more or less. I don't know, man. I'm having difficulty. I'm, I'm hearing the arguments from uh, the anarcho-capitalists and I'm kind of like, you guys have, I, I cannot disagree with you. I, I, I don't points. know. They, they got, some, they got some good points. The, the only thing that I think the government should have like control of or power of is to ensure that your civil rights or, or your rights in general, the, the, the things that the Constitution grants you, that's the only thing they should be doing is ensuring that those are upheld. Past that, nothing. They should do nothing past that. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, the more this goes on, the more I'm in fact, polls are showing the same sentiment from the rest of America. It's something like 54% or so are for smaller government again. Welcome to the club. I mean, you know, why'd you guys leave in the first I was place? I say, where have you been? Where have <laughs> yeah. you been? Yeah. So uh, I don't, I'm, I'm, government's bad, okay? That, that, that's where it comes down. And it means even more now than when I first started saying that. Um, it, after the year of uh, gaslighting, after the year of, of destroying our economy, our infrastructure, and now it's it's going on two years. I, I, I don't I, I I cannot fathom why the mask wearing lunatic that's gone out there and gotten jabbed. How do you think the government? Why do you think the government is still on your side? They just destroyed thousands, hundreds of thousands of businesses. Millions of people are out of their jobs. 
what was it? 4.8 million Three. left 4. their 3. jobs because of the 4.3 because of the, the, the jabs. That and, was just and in that August. Whole debacle. Yeah. Uh, so, and that was just in what? one country. That was just in America. Yeah. So how many, how many, not lives, but life years have we lost because of all of this? Because now people are going to be short on money, uh, whether it's they're low on food, nutrition, healthcare, whatever it is. They, they can't get proper treatments because they can't afford it now because they don't have the, the insurance or the job to pay for it or what have you. So how many years are we shortening because of all of this? Not just it's not just the deaths that we're having of covid. It's the millions of lives that are going to be lost too soon. Bruce, how can you say such things like that when you have a science and medical advisor like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who said he's concerned about a fifth wave? How can you say something like that? I mean, don't you recognize uh, the, the, the same guy that um, was saying you would get HIV from uh, someone else if you use the same cereal box as them? Yeah, that guy. That, that, that guy? That, yeah, okay. that guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm. The only reason I ask is because, uh, you know, he is, this might surprise you. He's become a political target. Did you know that? Would you ever, oh, would you no. would have guessed? Would you would have guessed? I never would have guessed that. No, no. Such a shame. Yeah, it is. It is. He's become a political target. But you might not believe the reason why he's become a political target. And this is according to him. Okay, he says it's because he stands for science, data and evidence. That's why he's become a political target. I see. Uh huh. I I agree with him that that is why he's a political target. Is because of science, data, and reason. Just not that he stands for science, <laughs> Just data, and Just not that he evidence. stands yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Chief medical advisor to the White House, Dr. Anthony Fauci, said on Sunday that he's become such a polarizing figure during the pandemic because he's an advocate for truth rather than conspiracy, <laughs> rather than conspiracy theories. I, I, I apologize for laughing. He said, I'm quoting here. Uh, he was on Fox News with uh, Chris Wallace, which is part of the clip that we just played. He says, I've stood for always making science, data and evidence be what we guide ourselves by. And I think people who feel differently, who have conspiracy theories, who deny reality that's looking them straight in the eye. Those are people that don't particularly care for me. And that's understandable because what I do and I try very hard is to be guided by the truth. And sometimes the truth becomes inconvenient for some people, so they react against me. He also added that he is not comfortable telling people what they do under normal circumstances. However, he says, we're not in normal circumstances. Do, do, do you notice the... Now, I don't like telling people what to do, but... Okay, that, that but uh -huh. just canceled everything he said before that. Uh-huh. I don't know if this is a... Is, is this like a ploy or something for him to sell like movie tickets? To his his documentary, I guess. Yeah. Did you hear how much his movie has brought in at the box office? Well, I mean, he's sainted, obviously. So clearly he he, he made millions of dollars. He did take an audience in the at the Vatican with the Pope. Yeah. So, I mean, th there is that. I, I think the only thing that's actually missing is what, what do you have to do to get sainthood? Is it you have to have like, you, is it three miracles or something? You, you, you have to be dead. Oh, you have to be dead. Well, he's dead yeah, inside. Yeah. Does that count? Well, yeah. Well, no, because in Christianity, you, you have to be you're alive. You're you're right. OK, uh, alive inside. So that doesn't. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, I would argue that this pope's not a follower of Christianity. But I mean, you know, it's just I, I'm just I'm just saying some some of the stances he takes. It's just that I mean, that's Lennon's pope. Uh, but his movie, his <laughs> his documentary, which they brought all they, they pulled out all the stops for that one. They brought out all the characters. They got George Bush in there. 
Uh, they've got some of the other uh, the, the other people in there, some of the other doctors, other government advisors in there, former presidents in there talking about how great he is. Fauci's in there crying. Oh, it's truly disgusting with this. It's brought in eight dollars. You mean you mean eight million, right? Not. No, I mean, it's no. at the box no. office at the box mm-hmm. office. It has brought in eight dollars. Well, it, it just it just released. Right. It, it just it just came out like yesterday. So th- those numbers haven't come in yet, um, right? That's been out for almost a month now. I cannot. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. I, I didn't even know they sold. Pleased. I didn't even know they sold movie tickets for eight dollars anymore. I haven't paid eight dollars mm. for a movie ticket in decades. What movie well, theater selling like tickets 50, for eight dollars? Yeah, but maybe maybe uh, they sold two. Maybe, okay, maybe all right, all right. All right. When I was a wife, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, <laughs> when, when I was a kid, there was one of those discount theaters. If you wanted to wait like three weeks for the movie to end at the like the showing at the mall, then it would go downtown to the discount theaters. And you could watch it for, I think it was $2 or, or whatever, $5 or whatever it was. You know, the theater that nobody would go to. You could get the uh, the half price popcorn and all the rest of it. Uh, that one, which I actually think is still there. But seriously, they put together this whole like Disney production with National Geographic and everything else. And, and they brought in all these uh, useless garbage politicians from days gone by. People, as far as I'm concerned, like George Bush, who should be in jail for uh, war crimes. Just saying. I mean, we'll get to that. Him and his buddy Tony Blair over there in the UK. But uh, what? Th- this makes eight dollars at the box office. It released in theaters makes eight dollars. And this is somebody that we praise. This is somebody that says he's being targeted. He's a political target because he stands for science and data and evidence. Come on, come on. That's just uh, you, that's disgusting. Th- this is this is a story out of the Onion, right, or something? And they're mocking CCP no. individuals and how no. they oh. No, mm. I it I wish that it was. This sounds like something out of the onion or the Babylon Bee. It does. It does. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, you got anything else? I I'm I'm just uh, that that I think that is a good story to end on personally because yeah. that is a um that is a good news story that that's an uplifting story that this individual has crashed so hard with this movie. It's just. I honestly, I think they'd get more ad revenue if they ran it on CNN <laughs> between those ridiculous news shows in there. I'm That's serious. True. I'm serious. Yeah. They'd get more off the ad revenue from the pharma companies that he's out there peddling for anyway. All right. Uh, we are going to have to go. So for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. Because if you do, not only do you get all of our podcasts we put out here every day, you also get early access to the exclusive. And you get to see stories like this that we post about the saint to Dr. Anthony Fauci that we talk about here. Also, the clips that we post up about him, we we usually post all those up over there as well. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.